Okay, let's go ahead and turn our Bible to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to go ahead and stand and read these three verses. All right, stretch those legs one more time. And we're going to, we're going to, I just lost that one. All right, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 7. <clears throat> it says this, And when Jesus was entered in Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Praise the Lord that Jesus is willing to do things for us. Praise God. How many of you know that God's done something for you lately? Isn't it wonderful to see that? Keep your finger in that portion of Scripture because we're going to come back to it. Matthew chapter 8. And that's, one of our, that's our main um, story we're going to look at in the Bible today. Matthew chapter 8. And so as you read it, you see, and Jesus came and a man came up and talked to him. And it tells you what his position was. He's a centurion. He was a soldier. He says, listen, I have a servant that's sick and I need your help. And Jesus said, I'll go visit, visit him and I'll take care of him and I'll heal him. What a great, that's, and he says, I will come and heal him. He's telling him what he's going to do. And you're going to see exactly what Jesus does or what this man does in just a second. But we're getting on this. And in 2020, we did five things that, um, that we need to look at. And it, it's, it's whoa, we're jumping all over the place on this one. Um, it's reading, talking, following, seeking, and doing. Let me go back and see if we can get this. Here we go. This is going everywhere. All right. Can you find that for me? I think it's the second one. Um, reading, talking, follow, seeking, and doing. Why is this so important? Because I want 2020 to be the best year of your life. Don't you want it to be the best year of your life or just another year? Next year, my wife and I will celebrate how many years, Ann? 30 years. That's what I was going to say, too. Amen. 30 years. We've been together. Talking about that in Sunday school, where we, got, where we got engaged. Got engaged on the beach in Jacksonville, Florida at night. I asked her to marry me, and her first words out of her mouth were not yes. They were, are you serious? She's running off. I had to get her back over there. Thought if I drop this ring in the sand, I'll never find it. And so... And what's funny is my wife loves the beach. I don't like the beach. Um, we go to the beach every year. Phyllis, I love your place. Okay, I'm going to put an advertisement for you there. But on the beach, I don't like the sun. I don't like the salt water. I don't like the wind. And I don't like the sand. But other than that, I love the beach. You know, as we go through things, we, we, we understand God has something great for us, don't we? And as, when we look at this, reading, talking, following, seeking, and doing, I've highlighted some of these things because I want you to see this. If you, have, if you do this in 2020, you'll have a great year. I don't want to have an average year, and I definitely don't want to have a bad year. I want to have a great year. And as you look at some of these words in here, let's, let, let's think about some of these. What is, what, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about reading your Bible. You need to read your Bible. Just as simple as that. Not only do you need to read your Bible, but you need to talk to Him. And talk with Him, have fellowship. He gives you His Word for you to read to figure out what to do in life. But then you get to talk to Him. Aren't you thankful you can talk to your Savior? Then you've got to figure out how to follow Him. Remember when you were younger and you played follow the leader, what was the object of the leader? Try to make it where the followers couldn't follow. What was the object of the followers? To follow the leader no matter where he went. 
And as I look and I, and I think of some of, our li- and some of our lives, we've got to see that God wants us to follow Him. If you're reading His Word, and if you are talking to Him, your natural reaction will be to follow Him. And then I go a little bit deeper, that fourth word is seeking. You say, well, Pastor, if you're following Him, you're reading, and you're talking to Him, why do you need to seek Him? Because God's more deeper than we are. And he's got so many wonderful things for us, but we don't know what they are because we're not seeking it. Well, I don't want just an average life. I don't want just an average life. I want a, I want a spiritual-led, spirit-filled spirit life. And, and I don't want it to be, okay, it's just another year gone by. I was talking to Scott back there. He made the statement. He goes, isn't it terrible to get old? It is. I was fine this morning until I sat at my desk. For about a half hour and I did something to my back. Now I don't even have to do activities to get hurt. I was like, I had a kink in my back. I had to work it out. I'm still trying to work it out right now. And I remember when I used to be young and whenever things, things would go wrong, I could get out and I could do things. And, and, I, and I remember growing up, there were things that we were seeking. What were you seeking when you were younger? As you get older, you realize you need to seek God. You need to find out where he's at and seek after him. And then when you find him, you read, you talk, you follow, you seek, and then you know what you need to do? You need to be doing some doing. God didn't save us to sit. You say, well, you're the preacher. You're supposed to do that. No. I am supposed to do that, but you are too. Because we're all going to stand before God for what we do. You know, we've got on Wednesday, we've got a senior luncheon. You say, well, is that written in, in the Bible? No. But it sure is good to have fellowship with believers. And we usually have a pretty good fellowship. Plus, you get free pie where we go on Wednesdays. And just invite yourself to go, well, I am not old enough. If you're older than me, you can go. Amen. If you're younger than me, you can go. All right. My, Kelly and Daniel go. We even let Landon go. Come and have some fellowship. Do things with other, other people. It'll encourage you. I walk away, and we've got the same waitress almost every time we're there. She picks on me relentlessly. And, and she, she likes working with us. She gets mad when she doesn't work with us. It's neat to see how we can be an influence on her. But we've got to understand God has something great for us. We've just got to do it. I could tell my wife, all I want is I love her, I love her, I love her. Until I start doing things for her, I won't show her how much I truly love her. So, in 2020, we need to be reading. We need to be talking. We need to be following. But you know what happens in your life? Events. Don't you just like events? Um, I forget was, I think Jeremy was over at my house the other day, and, and he was working at my house, and, and I had to go do something, and I didn't want one of my dogs to get out, so my brain was telling me I need to run. But my feet were not listening to my brain. And I took off running in my mind. I was running like a gazelle. But in all actuality, a turtle could have passed me. I took the first two steps, and I realized my upper body is faster than my lower body. And I face-planted on that ground, and I just slid across the ground. It was hard that, that day, and, 
And I, I remember the first thing I thought was, what have I just done? Have you ever fallen and it takes you about three steps before you hit the ground? Your slow motion. You know the first thing I did when I got up? I looked in the window of my dog barn to see if Jeremy had saw me. I took, I took off all my pride and humility, knocked it off my shoulders and off my elbows, and I had skinned up both my arms. You know, sometimes we take off too fast. Let's be consistent with where we are. Understand that God has something for us, but there's events that happen in your life. There's two things I wanted to point out to you with this, is that the events in this, what, how do events affect your life and who is counting on you? You realize people are counting on you? When you don't do something, what happens? Let me ask, uh, I'm going to ask somebody in one of our ministries, security. We have a security team here, and there's many different people that are on it. Larry Hilton's in charge of it. Larry Hilton, when someone doesn't come and they're supposed to be here, what happens? We have to scramble and find someone to help. And what happens if everybody just decided, I'm not going to go today? You ever, been to, you ever went to church and go, I don't know if I want to go. It's a good day today. You know why people don't go to church? Because sometimes it's sunny and sometimes it's rainy. I tell my wife, I don't want to go. And she said, you're the preacher, you have to go. You ever been there? We've got to get back and understand that we, people are counting on us. This is why you must do all the five things up here. I want to point out two quick stories and we're going to get into Matthew. Story of Jonah. You ever thought about the story of Jonah? He has one of the largest revivals of all times. And how does the chapter end? I mean, we know how it started. Everybody knows the first part. You know, God tells him to go someplace. He doesn't go. He gets swallowed by a whale. Three days later, he's thrown, out, thrown up on the beach. And then he gets to where he needs to go. He does the bare minimum that he possibly can. And then... God talks to him. And he says to him, he makes this statement. I don't know if it's going to come up. This thing is going crazy on me today. Let me see. Nope, it's on the wrong one. All right. So in Jonah chapter 4, verse 9, it says, And God said to Jonah, this is after everything's went on. This is what he says. Dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? If you don't know the story, let me tell you the story real quick. The story goes like this. He's sitting, on the, he's sitting on the hill. He's done the bare minimum for Nineveh. And he has a right not to like Nineveh. I'm not going to get into that today. He under, I understand why he didn't like Nineveh. But God told him to do something. He goes and does it. The bare minimum, smallest um, message you've ever heard. And they repent. And so he sits on a hill and he wants to see if they're going to die. He wants to see if they're not going to survive this and follow what God said. So God tries to help him and he has this gourd all of a sudden appear or grow up right in front of him and it casts a shadow on him to make his area where he's at more pleasant. God also makes the gourd wither. This is where we pick it up in Jonah chapter 4 when God asks him, he says, Do you do well... To basically be angry at the gourd. He's concerned about a gourd when over a hundred thousand people got saved. And he's concerned about the gourd. I don't want that in my life. I don't want to ever get to that. And watch Jonah's response. You would think when God was talking to him, he would turn it around and say, 
you know, you're, you know, God, you're right. I probably shouldn't be angry about this. But I want to say this, he probably wasn't reading and talking like he should to God. He was following, I don't know if he was seeking, he was doing what God wanted with the wrong attitude, but this is what he said to God. He said, and, I say, and he said, I do well to be angry. I could understand it if he ended it there, but that's not how he ended it. The verse says this, and he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. That's a pretty bold statement. He's saying, God, I see all these people that got saved and I understand they're repenting. But this gourd's bothering me. And he was more concerned about the gourd and his well-being than the spiritual life of over 100,000 people. See, events affect your life. And who is counting on you? There's another story in the Bible, and, and I like this story. Let's see if it comes up on this one. All right, here we go. It's not. All right, here we go. In, in 1 Kings, in 1 Kings chapter 18, there's, there's a story, and Elijah says this, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. It's an interesting statement that he makes to him. Now let me tell you the story of this. Who is this in this story? Anybody know? Elijah. What Elijah does in, in, in a where there's, there's, not, there's been a drought for many years. He, he goes after the people of Baal and he says, listen, he goes, I want you to make a sacrifice to your God and then I'll make a sacrifice to my God. And so they get up and they start cutting themselves and putting themselves on the altar and, and, and trying to bring um, fire down to, dis, to consume their altar. And he gives them enough time to make themselves understand that they can't do it. And don't kid yourself, if Satan could have done it for them, he would have done it for them. But God was holding them back. Then, then he gets on the scene and he takes 12 stones and builds an altar. He puts all the, the sacrifice on it. Then he does something that's amazing in a drought. He says, listen, go get four barrels of water. I don't know where they got it from, but they took four barrels and poured it on the altar. He said, do it again. So they poured eight. He said, do it again. They poured 12 barrels of water on this altar. Tell me the events don't affect your life. This is where he says this prayer. He says, hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people, the ones that are counting on me, may know that thou art the Lord God and thou hast turned their heart back again. He wanted them to understand how great his God was. And look at the first question, how do events affect your life? It affects your life greatly. And who is counting on you? On this story, everybody was counting on Elijah. And guess what God does? He rains down fire and consumes everything. I love the last part of this chapter because the last part of this chapter says that he says the rain is coming. It looks like there's a hand in a, as a cloud. And then all of a sudden the rain comes. They've not had rain for many years. Do you not think with us that he had taught, he had, he had read the law, he had talked to God, he was seeking God, he was following God and he was doing God's will. A lot of things affect people, do they not? If you don't read your Bible, will it affect your attitude? 
How many of you can cop an attitude pretty quick? Let's see who's really honest in here. You can get an attitude real quick. All right, all right. Some of them raise your hand. Right, Brother Birch, raise your hand a little bit slower next time. You're the first one up, all right? Just go a little bit slower. Make sure Russ's hand's up before yours is, okay? But we can cop an attitude pretty quick, can't we? Anybody in here cop an attitude? I can. I can get one real quick. You know what? I can get confident in the Lord. This is one of the biggest miracles in the Old Testament. But you know the next chapter? The same man that rains fire down. And he says in, this ver- in that verse that these people need to see who God is. In the next verse, if you can go to the next verse, Pete. The next verse says this. We are having technical difficulties today. The next verse says this. It says in, in 1 Kings 19.4. A chapter after this, here's what it says. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came out and sat under a juniper tree. Anybody ever wanted to sit under a juniper tree? I remember my dad and mom would always say, oh, go out in the garden and eat worms if you're going to act like that. I never understood that statement. But it was their, their way of saying, quit whining about everything. He had seen one of the biggest miracles and he was, re- he, he was talking to the Lord, he was following the Lord, seeking the Lord, and doing something. The next chapter, the next chapter, he is under the juniper tree, whining. One of the biggest people in the, in the Old Testament when it came to events, it says this, and he requested for himself that he might die. Do you not think the emotions got the best of him? Do events affect your life? Absolutely they do. That's why we need to read, we need to talk, we need to follow, we need to seek, we need to do. And then he says this, and, he, and, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Oh, how fast things change. It doesn't take much for some people to turn. Brother Hilton, when I think of this story of what he did, he rained fire down. Has anybody ever tried to do that in here? Just put some sticks out in your front yard. Let's see how close you are to God. Just make a little fire camp and everybody's going to come over and someone, we have all the church over and, and we, we call on one of our most spiritual people, Mike Brown, he's there. And I said, Mike, we do not have any, any, any um, matches. Here's what I want you to do. We're going to have a weenie roast, we've got marshmallows, we're going to have s'mores. I want you to pray down fire. How many of you think he could do it? His wife didn't even raise her hand. See, sometimes we forget the magnitude of what he does in the story. It's an amazing thing that happens. And not only does he he consume it, he pours water all over it. Growing up, I had my daughter, Megan, my youngest one, with me. We had a bunch of leaves. They were a little bit wet, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to burn these leaves. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pour some gasoline on them. I just want to tell you this, don't do this at home. So we poured gasoline on it. I waited too long. I let the gas get all the way to the bottom. Then I made a little line of gasoline. And then me and my daughter hid behind this log. Little did I know, right when I lit the thing and went underneath the log to look at it over it, my daughter was standing right, sitting right beside me. We were, she was watching it too. My wife had looked out the window at the exact same moment. That fire went, hit that thing, and exploded. And I'll never forget the excitement in Megan's eyes. 
She's like, can we do it again? And I was nervous about the whole thing. But then you hear wisdom speak. Megan, get in here. What were you thinking? That was not to Megan. I wasn't. But it sure was fun. You ever been there? There's no way I could call fire now. Elijah did that. The next day, he's having a pity party. I wonder about those words that were said in that verse before that where it says this. It says, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God. I wonder what they thought of his second occasion when he's under the juniper tree. Telling you people, events affect your life. Who is counting on you? I want you to go back to the story and we'll go through it pretty quick. Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, and go to verse number 4. We're going to read all the way through this, and I want you to see this story. It's an amazing story. I'm going to give you three points, and we'll be done. Remember, you need to read your word, read His Word. You need to talk to Him. You need to follow after Him. You need to seek Him, and you need to do some stuff for Him. He's got things for you. Let's read this story of the centurion. I want you to see this in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 4, says this. It says, And Jesus... I'm sorry, verse number 5, it says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Then watch this. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. Now that's interesting, because he was a soldier and he understood command. He said, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, go, and he goeth. And another, come, and he cometh. And to thy servant, do this, and he doeth that. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. It's interesting, his disciples are with him. And he's saying, listen, that he has more faith than you do. You've seen more than he has. And all everything that he was doing was not really an action. It was just words that he had spoken. Keep reading. It says this in Jesus, uh, in verse number 11, And I said unto you, that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. You know what God wants us to do in 2020? He wants us to read his word. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to follow him and make it a little bit deeper to seek him. And then when you get all these things done, you'll do things for him. That's what the Christian life's all about. Huh? I'm going to give you three things if you want to write these down. I'm going to tell you something about the centurion. And I can tell you this, he's done his research on who God is. The first one is this, he knew where to go. How did he know where to go? He had heard the stories and he had believed the stories. You don't ghost somebody and say, hey, can you help my servant? Can you heal my servant if you didn't believe it yourself? He knew where to go. Look at verse number 5 in this chapter, in Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 5. 
It says this, it says, it says, and when Jesus was entered in Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. He's seeking him out. He knew where to go. But then also, number, point number two is this, he knew what to say. Go to verse number six. Verse number six, he starts talking to him and saying, Lord, look at the position he says. Listen, he says, listen, you're Lord. My servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and, and heal him. Look at what he says in verse number eight and nine. Centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak thy word only, and thy servant shall be. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth that. See, he knew what to say. He knew what to say. And let me say this to you too. He was concerned about others. See, because when you don't read, talk, follow, seek, and do, why do you do that? The first response of why you do these five things in 2020 is to help yourself. The second reason why you do this is because when you help yourself and you're reading, your, reading His Word, talking to Him, seeking, doing, him do, doing the things He wants, and following Him, guess what? You'll help others also. You know what I also like about this, this guy? Now, we have stories in the Bible where people are concerned about their children. This was just a servant to him. Listen to this statement. He was concerned about others no matter who they were or what positions they held. I don't know how far this man traveled, but he found Christ. He had one question to him. He said, listen, I've got a servant that is sick. probably not going to make it. He needs your help. He knew where to go in verse number 5. He knew what to say in verses 6 through 9. And lastly, he knew what to do. Sometimes, how many of you um, feel like you're, you lack in faith? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I pray about things and then it happens the way I prayed and I think, how did that happen? You ever been there? You get the answer that you've been praying for, and then all of a sudden you go, well, that's amazing. Then you start thinking, well, that's what I was praying for. Go to verse number 13. Look at the reaction of this man. I don't know how far he was from home, but it's an interesting verse. Because verse number 13 says, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Now, if he didn't have faith, or he was skeptic of the whole thing, nothing would have happened. But look what happens. And I love the wording here. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. I don't know how long it took him to get home, but when he, when he showed his faith, as Jesus has told him to, his servant was healed. Now, let me ask you this simple question. The two questions that were asked on, on some of the things is, do, do events affect your life? Absolutely they do. And who else is counting on you? Someone calls you and says, hey, I need you to pray about something. Do you pray? Or do you just say, yeah, I'll do that? And never get around to it. 
See, you need to be reading your Bible all the time so that you have the right spirit when people call you to pray for them. You need to follow what the Bible says. What do we talk about? Let's see if we can, we can bring this up real quick. What did we talk about when we talked about following Christ? What was, the, what was the subject matter on that Sunday? Does anybody remember? Tithing. It's something God tells us to do. We're either going to follow him or we're not going to follow him. What's the, what's the Bible talk about that? He, it clearly states what you should be doing. What, what does the Bible talk about where you should go? Where, what should you abstain from? What should you not do? What should you do? Does the Bible tell you on specific things? Absolutely it does. And it also talks about not being a stumbling block. There's things that could be a stumbling block to people. Right? No one wants to talk about it, but there's things that can be a stumbling block. You know what the Bible says? If it's a stumbling block, you shouldn't do it. Well, I like it. But it doesn't matter if you like it. It's just a stumbling block to other people. We've got to be going back these things and understanding that God wants us to seek Him. God wants us to follow Him. He definitely, we all definitely know that He wants us to read His Word and talk to Him. And the last aspect, we need to do things. Because if we don't, do you want to be like Jonah? Complaining about a gourd? You want to be like um, Elijah, you have a victory and everything's great, and then the next day, boom, you're under the juniper tree. I want you to read one verse and we'll be done. You know what I want to hear? What I want to hear from God is what this centurion hears. There's a statement in here. In 2020, what do you want it to be? A great year, an average year, or a poor year? Does anybody wake up and go, you know what, I just want to have a bad day today. You know, I don't understand why some people do some of the things that they do. You know, my dad has tattoos. If you have tattoos, that's, that's between you and the Lord. But I remember my dad saying, man, that thing hurt. I'm not going to get a tattoo. I, I don't want a tattoo. And then there's never been a morning that I wake up and say, hey, I want someone to pierce my tongue. I like my tongue the way it is, amen? And there's times when I go, you know, I, I just want to go out and I want to get sunburnt so bad that I can't move the next day. You ever been there? I've been, when I was growing up, my mom took us out to, we went to Daytona Beach. And she let me play all day in the sun with no sunscreen. The next day I was laying in the bed with my arms spread and I had blisters on my back. You know what I learned from that? I don't like the beach. But it wasn't I don't like the beach, Phyllis. It was I didn't have any common sense and neither did my mom when she let me go out there and play. Do we wake up ever and go, you know, I just want to have a bad day today. Today I want to get in a car wreck. You ever been there? Today I want this. I want the IRS to audit me. Praise God. We don't ever do that. We don't pray for things like that. But when bad things happen, how are we affected by it? Because if we don't do the right thing, other people will be affected by it. I want you to turn to one verse. I want you to see it. Matthew chapter 8. You know what I want God to say? I want Him to use one word when He thinks about my life. Do I think he does? 
Probably not. When you read this story, there's a word that Jesus says about this man that I guarantee when Peter heard it, he thought, if that could only be said of me. Here's just this man that walks up that's a soldier and says, listen, I have a servant that's sick. You don't even need to go to my house. Just speak the word. And through faith he was healed. But there's one word that he says in front of his, and, and I think he's, it's a teaching moment for his disciples. He says about this man. Some of you are frantically looking to figure out what it is. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 8. And I want you to read one word. I'm going to start reading. And you read the next word. Verse number 10. When Jesus heard it, the story of what this man had said, he, what's the next word? Marvel. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. He was shocked at what this man said. Now let me ask you this question. Was Jesus shocked at what this man said? Did Jesus already know what he was going to say? Absolutely. But he was marveled that he would audibly say it where everybody could hear it. You know what I want God to say in my life? It's not just a great year. It's not just an average year. It's not just a, a bad year. I want Jesus to say, I am marveled at what, got, what happened at Bible Baptist Church. I marveled <clears throat> at what happened to Ray Adams in, in, in 2020. I marveled at what happened to Brother Birch in 2020. I marveled at what happened to Wayne Cowden in 2020. Isn't that a great thing to be hearing that God would say? Because I equate this statement with the statement that you hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because here's a man that doesn't, that doesn't run around with him, doesn't know a lot about him, but he knows where to go, who to say, what to say, where to go and find the man, and when he gets him, the Jesus looks at him and he says, you know, I marveled at this man. You know why he marveled at this man? Because of the faith that this man had. Wouldn't you like for Jesus to say that about you? If Jesus were to use one word, would it be marveled? Sometimes I think Jesus is embarrassed of what I do. Sometimes I'm sure he's embarrassed of what you do. Sometimes he's disappointed by what I do. But you know why I need to do those five things? Because I'm never going to get to marveled unless I read his word. I talk to him. I seek him. I follow him. And I do the things that he's supposed to, that I'm supposed to do. I'm never going to get to marvel until I do those things. What's 2020 going to be for you? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Just an average centurion walks up. He's about ready to teach Peter, James, and John a very valid lesson. See, Peter's going to be the one that walks on water, but he's going to learn something. from this soldier. And Jesus says, I marvel. I want to have a marvelous, marvelous year in 2020. I want to do what God wants me to do. The only thing that holds me back is Walter Wagner. 
Am I reading like I should? Am I talking like I should to him? Am I following him? Am I seeking him? Am I doing what you want me to do? I think if we were honest with ourselves, we would know we're not doing everything we should do.